Last couple of weeks have been rather interesting. If you've been watching the news, you know that uh, there have been some firings some, from some major networks, politicians calling for the silencing and muzzling of uh, reporters. And a lot of talk has been given about free speech. What is that word? And why do you keep using it? I don't think it means what you think it means. Let's talk about that today as we watch our country stray further every day. Hi, Jonathan Fiala. In the producer's chair with Rai Rai, the producer guy, assisting. We got Miss Nikki in the chair of theology. How's it going? Good. How are you? Doing all right. You guys missed the uh, original, you know, start on this where Mr. Steve was complimenting Melissa on her shoes right in the middle of the <laughs> cold open monologue. Kick him out. Kick him out. Okay. So go. she's got those very Working patriotic flats. shoes. Yep. Yes. Patriotic. How's it going, Melissa? <laughs> Pretty good. I'm glad to have you there in the chair. Philosophy <laughs> slash culture slash culture. Slash, yeah. And yep. then uh, Mr. Steve. I'm doing fantastic, man. Going to work my politically incorrectness today like normal. Yeah, we uh, we kind of scooched him over because uh, Miss Nikki has some uh, unfortunate news for us about uh, Clint and Josh. I believe they've been abducted by aliens. They forgot to wear their hats. <laughs> <laughs> See? See there? See? I knew it. Weird Al. Right, but boys, right. boys, be they rest assured, we will little. negotiate to See get here? you returned. I, I promise. I still got mine, and it's right here. Uh, See there? God help us. Okay, now <laughs> let's go ahead and cue up some of the footage, because I, I think it's important to start off with some of the news clips. If you guys have not already seen these new clips, news clips, I think it's, uh, it's worth looking at. We're going to look at a little bit of uh, the... Footage that got uh, Tucker in trouble. And uh, we'll kind of talk about who and why and how everyone has been calling for him to be removed. But for now, let's go ahead and just watch a couple of clips here. So this is from uh, Courtesy Fox News. Was sentenced to nearly four years in prison, far more time than many violent criminals now receive. This is the what QAnon shaman. What did Chansley do to receive this punishment? To this day, there is dispute over how Chansley got into the Capitol building. But according to our review of the internal surveillance video, it is very clear what happened once he got inside. Virtually every moment of his time inside the Capitol was caught on tape. The tapes show that Capitol Police never stopped Jacob Chansley. They helped him. They acted as his tour guides. Here's video of Chansley in the Senate chamber. Capitol Police officers take him to multiple entrances and even try to open locked doors for him. We counted at least nine officers who were within touching distance of unarmed Jacob Chansley. Not one of them even tried to slow him down. Chansley understood that Capitol Police were his allies. Video shows him giving thanks for them in a prayer on the floor of the Senate. Watch. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for paying the inspiration needed to these police officers. Okay, so by the way, this is not news either. Like if no. if if we if, if you were watching during the J six thing, I I had I knew people who were at the J six event, and I was watching the Twitter feeds. I was very curious as to what was going on. You saw officers opening the doors. You saw officers escorting Jacob Chansley around. Uh, okay, so all of a sudden this is now on the on the on the news and i want to go ahead and move to the next clip because the other thing that really seemed to get tucker carlson in trouble was uh this whole fiasco and uh again courtesy of fox because this is tucker's reporting here so it used to be like five years ago the idea was you do your thing we do our thing we don't bother each other that was called tolerance want to dress up like a woman fine 
Now the rules have changed completely. Worship me as I dress up like a woman or I'll crush you. That's why suddenly everything, even beer cans, are celebrating and promoting transgenderism. Bud Light has just released a commemorative can celebrating a man who dresses up like a woman. His name is Dylan Mulvaney. Here's Alyssa Heinerscheid, who brags that she is the first female VP of Bud Light, telling us that Bud Light loves Dylan Mulvaney, but hates its own customers. So I had this super clear mandate. It's like we mm-hmm. need to evolve and elevate this incredibly iconic brand. What does evolve and elevate mean? It means inclusivity. It means shifting the tone. It means how- or 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 it means the woke agenda. But that that's mm-hmm. another that's another thing. So, uh, any thoughts so far from y'all that you'd like to share? Well, I would just say that I think she misunderstood the base of her customers. Um, I understand that well, we want to be inclusive and we want to you know, expand our, our customers, but when you lose your base, you lose everything. So, you know, I, I'm from the country. I don't see an old country guy going to the beer joint, getting a beer and wanting to look at a man dressed as a woman. I, I just don't see that. I, I, you know, the people that are going to be drinking that special brand, she did not even know her customer base. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that uh, wanting to expand your customer base is wrong. I'm saying you didn't understand how it was going to affect your base. Who is that even, you know, catering to, right? Now, so here's from a guy that drank Lots of beer at one time, over 20 years ago. Okay, I don't drink now, but I drank lots of beer, grounded in it. But I'll tell you, if I was still drinking beer, I can guarantee you I wouldn't be drinking Bud Light. It wouldn't even enter my house. And I know plenty of other people that drink Bud Light, and I can guarantee you they're not drinking Bud Light right now. Why? Because it's got that person on it. Well, and, and some of them will never return. And, and one thing, let me just say this for the customer base. Okay. We know that the picture is of a man dressed as a woman. Okay. I want, I, I want you to understand this. So you're an old country guy and you pick up that beer. You're not going to say... Oh, pretty. You're going to feel, oh, am I gay? I, I don't mean that. And in, 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 I'm not trying to offend anybody. I'm saying that's what they're actually doing. For them to pick up the beer, see a picture of a man dressed as a woman, that's going to make them feel very uncomfortable. Dylan Mul- but, Mulvaney never confused me. There are other people that I legitimately thought were women like uh, Blair White someone that we've quoted on the show, like I legitimately thought it's like, that's kind of a strange woman, but you know, she, you know, she's got some good points. She's generally kind of right on some of these things. It's like, Oh wait, Blair wasn't always Blair, but Dylan is not fooling anyone. It's kind well, of gross. But what's kind of funny and it's not haha funny, but so all these bars that are taking Bud Light out, there's also a report saying that because they're taking it out, they're losing their customer base. And there's one bar that they're pretty much demanding Bud Light return in order to get business back. So it's kind of, it's almost kind of like shot them in the foot both ways. 
there's a there's a there's definitely a culture war going on, and so that's what Tucker's reporting on. And by the way, I want to strike a fine line on the delineation today of what is free speech. What does free speech mean? Because we obviously have a problem as Christian conservatives and Christians primarily, we have a problem with Dylan Mulvaney and the messaging there, right? And that, and so that that's a problem for us. But does that mean that what is happening there is a is a violation of free speech? And I'm going to say that we have the right of association. They have the right to say certain things. They don't have the right to say other things. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But I want to keep going to what but the politicians in the same in the, thing, John Arthur. Does that mean we're also supposed to live in other people's delusions? No. You know what I'm no, saying? No, no, no. You, you, you have the right to call a, call a, a man a man and a woman a woman, and that's what we're going to get to in just a moment here. We're going to look at the J6 reply from AOC and from Mitch McConnell, and we're also going to look at Dylan Mulvaney's response to the reporting being done on him. And I think that's it's, it's really important for us to start off with that. First, I'd like to start off with Mitch McConnell. By the way, for you conservatives who say that Mitch McConnell is your friend, uh, watch this. And this is in regards to this special that Tucker did. So let's go ahead and see what he thinks about free speech. With regard to the uh, presentation on Fox News last night, this is in regards to J6. I associate myself clip. entirely with the opinion of the chief of the Capitol Police. The manufactured narrative. On January 6th. And someone asks him a question. And he goes, he later on yeah, says, concern is, I know better than to answer questions the way I don't want to. Different issue. Clearly, chief of the Capitol Police, in my view, correctly describes what most of us witnessed firsthand. Except what we witnessed firsthand as a nation watching the so freaking footage. Forgive me. To it. Um, it was a mistake, in my view, for Fox News to depict this in a way that's completely at variance with what our chief law enforcement official here at the Capitol said. Listen to the experts. Listen to the God Almighty government. Okay. So, okay. Just hold that, hold that thought. I also want to go ahead and I want to move over to an AOC clip. Let me prep that over here real quick. And we're going to get that ready. <clears throat> And so this is AOC's response to the uh, uh, Tucker clip and some of the other stuff that Fox News has been reporting on with her specifically. Federal regulation in terms of what's allowed on air and what isn't. And when you look at what Tucker Carlson and some of these other folks on Fox do, it is very, very clearly incitement of violence. Very clearly incitement of violence. Okay, so that's obviously someone memeing it there. But also, I want to I want to get Dylan Mulvaney's response in just a moment here. Let's go ahead and pull that up because Dylan, this is Dylan Mulvaney's response to uh, Tucker's reporting on on him and also the Daily Wire and some of those other folks. What uh, remember you're hearing for a call for censorship? They're saying, they're calling this speech as indecent, effectively. Like the articles written about me using he pronouns and calling me a man over and over again and i i feel like that should be illegal i i don't know that's that's just bad journalism like the articles written okay. about me that's you- enough of you okay so with that said that is 
what's being called for. So I, I, I want to ask the question to y'all. What is the difference between free speech and indecent speech that is not protected under the Constitution? We're going to define this legally with Miss Legality over here, Melissa. We're, we're, we're going to define this in a moment. But what should free speech be? At first blush, what are your thoughts? The truth. I'm like, I could say whatever I need to, like... Dylan is a man because that is the truth. What but it, is? But it's not his truth. But I can take a DNA sample and it will prove beyond a shadow of a doubt he is a man. So science, as the left, as the left really loves to lean on, oh, trust the science, trust the science. Science is going to be against them because I can prove the common the common intelligence standard that he is a man truth bomb right there <laughs> okay so that's part of it so it has so free speech cannot be misleading it cannot be harmfully intentionally misleading a call to action for example libel by the way we're gonna talk about noah webster in a little bit noah webster thought that libel was going to be a serious consequence of having free speech in the bill of rights let me Sneaky. just say this uh, about aoc she made a claim about tucker carlson inciting violence but what does she have to prove that Nothing. i mean the video that i mean was he calling people to fight back was he calling people to raid the capitol was he calling people to do what burn flags to to riot uh, what was he doing she made a claim but did she back up her claim and anybody who's ever watched tucker or watched Handy, all those all the those big names on fox they will know that they have never did anything sort of inciting any type of violence. Yeah, and, and it sounds to me, I did not watch the full claim with Tucker Carlson, but he did make a reference that there was other things that happened that day. He's just showing the one incident. Correct. He didn't say that was the only incident because we know that there was violence that day, but there wasn't all violence that day. Is That's what he's saying. And he didn't personally inc incite anything. He was just stating the facts of, this is what happened. The this truth. is what happened. Yeah. Well, the how do you how do you unsee the, the video? How the, do you how do you unsee the video that that shows them walking the gentleman through? And how do you how do you make a claim against that? Again, I was watching. I was reading people's Twitter feed, uh, feeds, uh, reading uh, Stack Exchange Substacks. I was reading through all of this in real time at the time, and I was looking at all the pro profiles of people who were posting violent videos. These were people who two weeks earlier were at violent Antifa and BLM protests who were at the Capitol fighting and they were yelling Black Lives Matter. These are the same people. And so and, and they're wearing MAGA paraphernalia. It's not a conspiracy theory. When you see the person's social media account, it's the same account has been putting out all this drivel during the summer of love. They bombed out a church Correct. people forget about that they bombed firebombed a church across. right across from the white house Correct. talking about coming after the president correct frame that in the context and all of a sudden you realize oh there's some people out there who really wanted to make this group look bad you have people like ray epps god only knows is he an fbi agent well he was on the most wanted list and then he's off and by the way, the day before, on January 5th, he was telling people, let's go storm the Capitol, let's burn it all down. And from the, from the crowd, you heard people say, Fed, 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 get him out of here. Yep. So Tucker, Tucker is sharing that. 
and I and and I this isn't like a J six show, but I I, I do want us to realize something. We're watching something very precious slip through our fingers in America when we watch them take control of the narrative and say, this is free speech. This is untenable speech. You know, people have forgotten the sole purpose of what media is for or what news media is for. It's not to report what the government wants you to report. They don't always report everything that you like to hear or everything you don't like to hear. They should be reporting the truth, not made-up stuff that the government only wants you to see so that they produce whatever narrative they want you to understand is happening by a certain group of people. Correct. So January, that is not the meaning of what the media right. is for. So on January 6th, if you're going to report about January, January 6th, you need to report what was violent. You need yeah. to show the videos of what was violent and what happened because innocent people got hurt. Yes. And there's nothing wrong, though, with showing the other video of this is what happened later or I don't know if it was later or before because I, I haven't really got... It was during, it was during, and, I, and you're right. I want every single piece of That's video. Right. I want every single person who threw something at an officer, who hit an officer. I want Correct. every single one of their Twitter feeds where some of them were filming themselves. I want all of those people to be brought to justice. And guess what? You're going to find out that 90% or more of them, I can guarantee you, I would bet the farm on it. 90% or, or more of them were BLM and Antifa because I watched it. I, you know, I, I read people whose accounts who were there on the scene or government and they plans. were people or, or, or they, some of them might've been government agents. Guaranteed. I can't say that. I can't say that, but guess what? It sure seems likely. I don't have mm-hmm. that information. What I do have information on is a lot of these people were BLM and were Antifa and they were literally moving across the, 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 the board as pawns in a bigger scheme to overthrow the election. And when we start doing that, what makes us any better than what China is doing with their media? They're doing a, they have a propaganda. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So we're doing how they are treating us with censorship saying, okay, this is, this is the truth, but let's not tell the truth. Let's do something else. Let's do it with their narrative. We are exactly what China is doing to their population. Correct. No better. And so I I want to pull back from J6 now. I want to pull back because now that we've set a good example and I want to be able to reach back and talk about J6 as a good example because it's one of the clearest forms of propaganda and also the damage to our freedom of speech. Guys, why is freedom of speech critical for Christians? You might say it, it, it isn't. Look at China. They're, they're doing the ch- Chinese church is doing just fine without freedom of speech. Okay. Hmm. Uh, it, it makes it easier to forward the gospel. And by the way, I'm going to make an argument today. And I think we all are going to agree on this. Hopefully free speech, freedom of speech is one of the first gifts that God has given us. It has, it's directly intertwined with your free will, which God apparently values more than your soul, more than the state of your eternal soul. God values your free will. When someone takes away your personal volition, I'm not talking about punishment for wrong. I'm not talking about, I'm saying when God, when someone takes away your God given right as a free agent to make decisions, that is an attack on the nature of God. 
That is man exalting himself to the position of God. And I think we can make that case today. So, real quick, uh, does anyone have the Webster's 1828 definition for freedom? And then I want the next one, if you can get it, Melissa, the uh, speech. I've got freedom. Okay. I guess we'll get Mr. Steve to do speech. Oh. Freedom. I'm sorry, I thought you wanted... Freedom. Okay. Do freedom, please. A state of exemption from the power or control of another. Liberty, exemption from slavery, servitude, or confinement. Freedom is personal, civil, political, and religious. Okay. I think that's a pretty good definition. And why are we going to the 1828? Can anyone guess why we're going to go to the 1828? Then we're going to go to the modern definition of freedom. Those definitions haven't been changed and subverted. Yeah. Yeah. So what is the definition, the 1828 definition for speech, Mr. Steve? Okay. They've got about seven of them here, but I'll Give me read the first one. first one. The faculty of uttering articulate sounds or words, as in human beings, the faculty of expressing thoughts by words or articulate sounds. Speech was given to man, check this out, by his creator for the noblest purposes. And, of course, if you look at number six there, it's going to say formal discourse and public oration. Uh, the member has made his first speech in the legislature is the example given. Okay, that's really important. Melissa, do you have it? No. Okay. Mrs. Nikki, I'm going to go to you. Can you get the modern 2023 Merriam-Webster's definition of free speech? Uh, speech that is protected by the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. Okay. The right to such speech and unconstitutional restraint of free speech. Would be an example. So what has changed between the two definitions? There's obviously a compound word here that wasn't being defined in Webster's 1828. And so we took the two words. But the modern definition, where is the origin of your freedom of speech in the 1828 versus modern day? We have the creator on his side. Yeah. We have the creator in the 1828. Mm -hmm. There's a reference to the creator. Where does this freedom of speech, where is it granted in the modern day definition from the... By the First Amendment and the Constitution. By the government, effectively. By the government. The the God, the the little God. The little God, the little G. Okay. Yeah. So that's really important to note. It, it, we've given government, we've abdicated, we've taken from God what was his, and we've given it to government. And we always know where that leads. It's always a very... That's a really bad, pretty slip down. poor definite. That is so poor. I know. It's just sad. And it, 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 re- it really lacks. Mm-hmm. So there is a, there's a lot of interesting case law, and I want to get into that in just a minute. But before I do... about where free speech is in America and where it's come from, where it's going. There have been some good cases. There have been some cases I think were defined poorly by the Supreme Court. Uh, However, before we get there, who wrote the Bill of Rights? Who was the primary author of the Bill of Rights? Jefferson. That's correct. It'd be Jefferson. So he and Noah Webster actually had a very interesting discourse about this. Thomas Jefferson and Noah Webster, the author of the... 1828 definition, uh, or dictionary rather, and the definitions we just read, uh, they had a public debate over the Bill of Rights. And Webster specifically did not want Jefferson. Links in the description below, by the way. All references cited. Go check it out. Webster specifically believed that we were going to see people 
using their rights as license to create crimes like libel. And I, I, I mean, that's actually a real, a real serious issue. I don't know if you've right. ever read political ads from the uh, early, early founding of America. Like Jefferson, you know, <clears throat> uh, took advantage of his uh, Negro slave wife and, and took her and she didn't want it. And, and, you know, his illegitimate children. And I'm, I'm substituting a lot of words in here because the, the ads were not quite so polite. Uh, uh, <laughs> going to get removed off YouTube if we say some of these things that they said in these political ads against Jefferson that were just simply not true, right? But so libel was a real problem. So Webster didn't want that. In fact, what what he wanted was the state to sort of dictate uh, these things. And so I don't know if you can get that first quote from Jefferson, Miss Nikki. I'm going to put it up here on the board, but you got it on your on your on your uh, phone there in the show map. Jefferson sent a a letter to Noah Webster and Webster's reply was really interesting. So we'll start off with Jefferson's. Go ahead, Miss Nikki. Um, okay. It had become a universal and almost uncontroverted uncontro- position in the several states that the purposes of society do not require a surrender of our rights to our ordinary governors, that there are certain portions of right not necessary to enable them to carry on in an effective government. And which experience has nevertheless proved that they will be constantly encroaching on. If submitted to them, that there are also certain fences which experience has proved particularly efficacious against wrong and rarely obstructive of right, which yet the governing powers have ever shown a disposition to weaken and remove. Of the first kind, for instance, is freedom of religion, of the second, trial by jury. Habeas corpus. I'm going to let you say that because I can't habeas say Habeas corpus, corpus and the free, free presses. presses. Okay. So uh, all of that to say, that's a lot of, old, you know, uh, it's not old English. It is still modern English, but it is very, very verbose language. But he's saying it's very efficacious uh, for, for us to, that, that word efficacious, he's saying we have to protect ourselves from the government, which desires to take rights that do not belong to it and they do no value in the hands of the government being given over but the government always always continually tries to steal these rights mm-hmm. thoughts on that well they had come from a country already that was stealing rights and not allowing people to have these freedom of, of speech freedom of the press freedom to do a number of things that are written out in the Constitution and things that are written in the Bill of Rights. And they wanted to make sure that these were not given to us by the government. And they were one that was given by God, yeah, by our Creator. They're he- rights that are effectively we have already period and people don't realize this people don't realize this you don't know how bad it was under british rule if you if if you think lightly of what's being said here you do not know how bad it was under british rule you were taken for everything that you had other than barely what it, what it took to live they 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 taxed you to it inch of your ability to provide for your family and if you didn't like it and by the way you couldn't vote you couldn't elect people to change that and then if you resisted 
your farm was burned, you were killed, your women were taken forcibly and done away with, and then they were murdered, and then they would burn down the village just to prove the point. That's how the Redcoats behaved. But isn't that very similar to what they're attempting to do to us now? We're seeing it. Yeah, because I mean, we're seeing all the elections being, I, and I, I truly believe that there's election fraud out there, regardless if it's the 2020 or whatever the election, like we have not had a legitimate fair election in many of the cycles. And they're trying to get to that one party government. That's exactly what they were fleeing from. And I don't think we know, we can't appreciate how bad it was until we get there. And we're going to get there and we're going to appreciate, yeah, this, we had a good back then when we were able to. So it's going to come full circle. And again, some people will say, well, you're, we're, we're coming from a Christian apologetic standard. Why are we, why are we bothering with this? Well, the, it's a good question. But again, you look at what Esau was given, and he was given the birthright. He was given a, an inheritance, a spiritual inheritance, an ability to raise a family in God's stead and build a godly posterity. And what did he do? He said, what do I care of the birthright? You take it. Just give me some soup. You know, just, I don't care. I don't want that responsibility. You take it. If your response to this country falling is, it won't happen to me, or, you know what, leave me to my TV, and my, my football game, my hockey game, whatever it is. Let me, let me alone. Let me live with my life with my kids. Politics is icky. May I humbly suggest to you that you're committing the sin of Esau. Okay. Just putting it out there. Now, let's go ahead and actually catch uh, Noah Webster's response to Thomas Jefferson. And again, this is only a clip out of it, but Mr. Steve, if you can go ahead and pull this for me. Um, Certainly. Let's go ahead and read that now. That both policy and right require that the delegation should at all times possess the whole power of the state for the purpose of preventing all possible wrong and obtaining all possible good. Pause. Just think about that. Think about how much that sounds like today's politicians. Even though this is a godly man speaking, think about how this sounds like today's politicians. Go ahead, Steve. That every right claimed by a citizen of a free government is liable to vary with circumstances, except what rests wholly on the moral law. That therefore, every right created by by political law should be always subjected to be modified by the power that created it. The will of the state, which is always the will of the delegation. Pause. Is it, though? Is the will of the state always the will of the delegation? Just a, j- just a thought. Keep going, Mr. Steve. Keep going. That, in short, the election and organization of the body, which is to express the will of the state is the only power which the people and a convention can exercise and the only power which an ordinary legislature cannot. So again, this is all in reference to forming the Constitution. And what Noah Webster was saying, remember, these are two godly men that are debating this, and they both have the morals and principles of freedom and righteousness. They both have these principles. Mm -hmm. But what you see is Jefferson saying, no, no, no. Government is inherently corrupt because man is. Noah Webster says government is 
God's hand on earth and we need to give it all the power we can give it. We just saw what happened in a theocracy where you had a church and a state hybrid, an unholy hybrid where man was controlling the church and was controlling the state at the same time. Jefferson was setting up a soft theocracy, if you will. It was something that was supposed to be run by boundaries that government had conflicting interests to protect the people and to maintain a godly nation. And by the way, I think if we'd gone Webster's way, we would have been done as a nation a long time ago. There, there would have been multiple civil wars, and it mm-hmm. would have been over politics, not economics. Correct. Correct. So, and again, just to quick cover, uh, just fill in just a little bit more, Jefferson also wrote another, a different letter. This is actually early. This is the year before in uh, 1789. He wrote both of those. He, he wrote to Webster, and Webster wrote back in 1790, but again, all this during the Congress. Uh, there are rights which is useless to surrender to the government, which the government have yet been found to invade. These rights of thinking and publishing, these rights are the thinking and publishing of our thoughts by speaking or writing, the right to free commerce, the right of personal freedom. And he goes on to say that that you have to have a legislature that is capable of protecting those rights. The legislature and the executive have to protect. They cannot change those rights. Where that rests is in the judiciary says Jefferson. The reason why he said we're creating this trifold system, executive, the legislative, and then the judiciary, the judiciary is the only one that can decide the moral issues of the law, whether a case-by-case basis was moral because you have 12 jurors, a trial by by trial by a jury of your peers. Hopefully, these people are godly people. Hopefully, they have the Holy Spirit. That's what Jefferson wrote. You go through the uh, 1789 Congress and 1790 Congress, and you're going to see people say, this this whole experiment does not work if people are not moral or godly, if I can substitute that, that, that reference there. And they literally said, look, we're going to allow the Mohammedan and the, and the Jew within our border, but that's not ideal for those people to be running the nation. If you have someone else who comes in with a different belief system, it's going to become precarious for the safety of the nation. Mm. And by the way, I, I would take a Mohammedan or a Jew over the godless atheists that we have now. I'm just, yep. <laughs> I'm just saying. I would, I would gladly take those over the godless nut jobs we have in, in, in office right now, at least if they were devout. But uh, the next thing that I think we want to look at is how did this play out? Because we obviously got the Jeffersonian model. How did this play out? And... Uh, we have a couple of cases, one from 1957, Roth versus the United States. I don't know if you remember the details of that one or if you want to get the Hess one. The Hess one. Okay. So Roth versus Indiana. Okay. Uh, it's, it's an interesting case. Uh, in that case, in 1957, you have a gentleman by the name, and I use that term very lo- loosely, uh, Roth. Roth was prosecuted for indecency through the United States Postal Service because he was sending out a, uh, a quarterly for the Fancy Free, which was a uh, porno uh, or a corno. I guess i got to say that because we're, um, we're on YouTube. <laughs> but it was a, it was a smut. A, a scanty yeah. magazine. It was a smutty magazine. <laughs> so he was prosecuted and they actually found, they actually found in that uh, case that it was not constitutionally protected speech. 
because it was damaging speech. It was damaging material if in the hands of children and you were sending it through the USPS so you could possibly have a situation where a child could stumble upon it and it could cause harm developmentally to a child. He was actually prosecuted. The Supreme Court upheld the lower court's decisions against him. But you have an interesting dissent from Justice Earl Warren. And he was one of the three dissenters. It was a six to three opinion. And Justice Warren said, this is, in- this is interesting. He said his concerns were aroused because, quote, the broad language used here may eventually be applied to the arts and sciences and freedom of communication generally. This was stated in spite of Justice Warren's assent that pornography was indeed constitutionally unprotected. I think that's interesting. Any thoughts? Well, then you run into the who's going to determine what is harmful. Is telling a child that Jesus Christ will save you from your sins and you'll go to heaven forever? Or uh, people who die without Christ is going to hell? Um, is that harmful to children? Who gets to make that determination what's harmful to children? Do I think pornography getting into the hands of children is harmful? I certainly do. I'm just saying there is broad language in there that leads the government to make the decision of what they want to determine is harmful. That's what gets very scary. Republican political ideas, are they harmful to children? Yeah, exactly. And that's where, by the way, we're going to draw this line a bit stronger later, but that's where I think actions, not words the action of printing that and it gets into the hand of someone, you printed something that got into the hands of a child, not the speech, not the speech, you, you know, and we're, we're talking about this more in a little bit, but I want to go ahead. If, if Mr. Steve doesn't have any commentary, I want to go to Melissa go and ahead. she's got a great thing from a great uh, case study out of uh, Hess versus Indiana. So with Hess, what he did, it was during I think, like 1969, 1970s and that kind of time frame. And it was a anti-war demonstration. And what he did was that he took it to the streets. And if you read the case, I'm like, if you're have a lot of affinity to bad language, beware because this one is loaded with it. But he pretty much said, I will take you to the blank, here's your explicit streets and I'm going to fight you. And what the court ruled was that because he might have said it, but the action wasn't there, then it was, they said that he was effectively innocent. If I remember correctly, the specific notation was because there was not a definitive time stated for the call to violence, it wasn't actually a call to violence. It wasn't like, I'll be in the streets at 2 p.m. Correct. Okay, now we have the intent that... Your, my action or my words are going to follow through with the actions. By right. merely just stating, I'm going to fight you in the street, that means nothing. It's, it's simply fighting words, which, by the way, there's a whole other case on fighting words out of 1942, where this Jehovah's Witness fellow, I don't remember the name of the case for the, for the life of me, uh, we were talking about it. Uh, he, was, he was antagonizing a mob. And the mob got him. And unfortunately, he was antagonizing the marshal in the mob. And so they, they, they arrested him. And I don't know if I like that, that, that particular case. The Supreme Court ruled that you could have fighting words. But here we see the kind of reversed in the 60s, in a sense, with Gregory uh, Hess versus Indiana. So all that to say, what constitutes an action? What constitutes free speech? And... I, 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 if I may, and I'd love you guys to modify this, if you will, uh, if, if you have something that you'd like to, you have full personal autonomy 
until you commit offense against another individual and are found guilty of a crime under common law. Common law being natural law, as would be defined in the uh, framers' time. You, you always had to have an accuser. So if you've committed a crime against another individual, something that has an action that has caused harm to another individual, and they bring that to you in a court of common law, then we can decide it. Then you can be charged. Any thoughts? You know, I was looking up some verses, and um, words matter. So you can say what you want, but let's make something very clear. You will give an answer to the Lord himself for everything that you do say. Um, there's death in, in Proverbs eighteen twenty one. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof, which in turn means, what are you saying? What are you trying to... Um, attain by your words are you we know today there's so much propaganda in the news media everybody has they want to promote their ideas and they're not open to listening to other ideas that's wrong and i'm going to say both right and left that's wrong you need to present both sides proverbs 23 23 says buy the truth and sell it not also wisdom instruction and understanding so buying the truth means that when you're out there promoting or speaking what you want to speak, um, you do need to give the other side an opportunity to share their beliefs too. If you really want to educate people, you need to be able to defend what you believe and define what you believe. And if your defense is strong enough, doesn't matter what the other person says, you're fine. You're fine. Let them choose. Let them choose. Don't try to outshout the other person. So freedom of speech, all for it, but I'm not for one-sided speech. Well, and that's something that I think really points to the heart of the matter. And, and I was saving this for the closing, but you, just to get the point through, you have the freedom to make moral decisions, but the lack of freedom to decide the consequences that those decisions bring. Hmm? And that is something that I think people really really miss out on when we start to talk about the the issue of free speech is you can say what you want to say and i think that that should be the standard you should be allowed to say what you want to say until you cause something not not uh uh you say something and someone thinks about it and they do something bad and they blame you for it no no no. you cause or you call to action they say you can't call fire in a crowded theater it's like that's not free speech. That is an action. You are actively setting off an alarm that will trample people. Yeah, you're causing harm to someone, or it's going to cause harm. And that's not freedom of speech. That's a cause of action, Yeah, which will create a problem or cause harm or, you know, has caused harm. That's like in, uh, they're trying to say that Trump, Called to called people to action. Well, that's like what <clears throat> Melissa was saying, and you know he did not say, "Okay, we're going to go over here, and this is what we're going to do, and we're going to meet here at this time, and this, and we're going to go and go do this." He didn't say that. He says, "I know we're going to go over here, and we're going to do this peacefully." Yep. And this is, you know, make your process, voices heard and make your peacefully. Voices heard. You know, 
unlike and fight like ha- <laughs> unlike Maxine <laughs> yeah. Waters, who uh. consistently told people to do what to be like to push on to people and to be like just effectively calling to violence exactly i mean all you got to do i I was looking up on youtube there are so many times in her speeches she called people to violence literally correct even if you take like you know what dylan was saying that by calling him a man that that should be illegal um using his like jazz little, hands yeah. as well but um but it's one of the things like i can call him man 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 all day long that's that's fine that's within my right but if i go ahead and be like you what you're a man and i push him well there's my intent there's my action correct. that's what that's the line that makes it correct. illegal correct correct and so that's all, all of that to say bringing to to your point is we need to be able to discuss the difference between free speech and things that are not things that are obscene. We need to be able to define and delineate that if we don't have both sides of the argument. Mm-hmm. It's going to lead to a situation where they talk about echo chambers. They talk about everyone who's closed off and everyone's in their own little group. And you have these groups of people who are isolated from each other and they're not talking the more they take away the opportunity for good ideas and bad ideas to be aired into the public, the more isolated people are going to become. You, you know, I, 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 have a, I have a friend, if you're watching, God bless you, I love you, bud, uh, who believes the earth's flat. And, you know, I always humor him. I always humor him. But finally I said, bud, you, you, you do realize that the reason why a lot of people get upset when you say the earth is flat is because you're calling people like my father, who who's flown an aircraft above eighty thousand feet and seen the curvature of the Earth. You're, you're telling saying people like him are liars. You're 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 calling hundreds of thousands of people liars, and the reason why I engage him on that is because no one else is no one else takes him seriously so you know what he thinks he thinks it's forbidden knowledge he thinks it's being hidden from him he thinks it's being you know treated whereas instead we should actually teach like why the earth isn't flat in in high school so people say oh hey let's do an experiment so we can see the curvature of the earth right well that's what i was taught in high school i mean we were taught that people thought it was flat and then you know later on found out it wasn't but Mm -hmm. you saw both sides of it what they used to believe in and why they now know that it's not. And that's an innocuous issue. Columbus. Yeah. That's an innocuous pro- problem to have as someone thinking the earth's flat. That, it's a relatively harmless, relatively harmless issue. If someone thinks, though, that January 6th was or was not a 9-11 times 2 on American soil, that... That has serious implications on, on how you deal with those people, those political prisoners. I mean, uh, people that they put in prison on J6, you know, people right. who spent three, four years for walking in when they were invited in, many of them. And shown around like, I Jacob mean, you got, you got, you know, the police opening the doors for them, removing the barricades and saying, come on, people, opening doors, showing them around, showing them where to go, you know, so I, taking I just, selfies right. with these people. You got 
the QAnon guy up there praying for the police. Yep. But I mean, I, you really? know, I will say that, uh, I mean, we saw that stuff later, but the first time I saw what was happening, I was horrified. Oh, yeah. I was absolutely horrified. That is Propaganda. just... No, I mean, those people, was. when those people were climbing all over the state and they were pushing their way in, that was wrong. I mean, oh, and I was I very shocked that conservative people would do that when we have always been support your police and... But it wasn't. So, that wasn't. I know, I know you say that. That wasn't. You say that. And I understand why you're saying that. But it's still we're awful. still in a, a situation where is that true or is that not true? Is there proof behind that or is there not proof behind that? Whatever, whoever started it, whatever happened that day, that was wrong. Bad. That was wrong. But you cannot deny what you just said. That there was violence that day. People were injured and hurt. Nobody died from that. The, the police officer died of a heart attack later, but nobody died except for the woman that was shot. Yep. But it did happen. It was wrong that it happened. But you can't deny the other part. But, you know, you would think, okay, these people that are creating all of this violence, if they would have gotten inside, don't you think... There would have been violence inside and a lot of breaking and things being torn up and destroyed like the government was giving to these news media outlets that were trying to prove that that's exactly what was happening. And that's the way it was all. That's what it was all about. It was all about violence. But we get actually get the videos and we see that's not what it was all about because if you're you know you can tell 99% of the truth if it's not 100% it's a lie and they were telling a lie and that's why and that's why the freedom of speech is an important issue that's why it's really important to be able to have the conversation and be able to have it out in the open and say look okay I want all of the information. As an American citizen, I want to know who went into each room. I want to know all of the people. I want to know their names. I want to look at their. I want to look at their history. I want to look at every single person because I want to know. And you look at a lot of the people that were in there. A lot of them were conservatives. You actually see video if you if you go back and you re, you look at enough of the video, you'll see that there's a lot of conservatives. Bless you. And those rooms uh, <laughs> weren't destroyed. There's, no. there, there's a lot of conservatives who are in there actually stopping and arresting some of the damage. And they're, and they're saying, whoa, what, what are you doing? Pelosi's and, office wasn't destroyed. And so <laughs> all of that to say, again, I, I don't want to make this about a January 6th as much, but the issue of being able to speak on it, what you see is a, is a systemic destruction of our ability to talk about these issues and get clarity as a people i don't want to keep bringing this up but i did a research paper on on hitler when i was in college that's why i keep bringing it up what was the first thing hitler did when have you ever brought it up (laughs) i bring it up a lot but hitler he knew that if he was going to complete his agenda he had to get rid of those who are going to speak against him so even those in in political offices he got rid of them Mm -hmm. and and sometimes and guns well, he did. He did. He was brilliant. 
I'm serious. The man oh, was yes. evil. I agree with he you. He was evil, but he was brilliant. Yes. But that's what you have to do. If you truly want to promote your agenda with no opposition, you have to get rid of the opposition. Correct. So you have to make the opposition look wrong or hateful, and then you have to silence them. Because if you don't silence them, then you risk the uh, potential that the other side will have a greater reason not to do your agenda, and then you're in danger. So always, if you have an agenda that you can't defend on its own, you have to get rid of the opposition. And then you have to take their means of being able to assist. Because if you can't speak... They will find a means or a way resist. And mm-hmm. if they can resist, they will do it. But if you remove that means, they can't do anything. Yeah, and one of the things that I've always shared with my kids, usually the person that's yelling the loud, loudest is usually the one in the wrong. Correct. Because they're trying to drown out the opposition. Define, defend. Define, defend. Define, defend. Keep it up. Define, defend. How many times is that video going to be showed of them walking that man through? And the next generation is going to look at that. They're going to see the violent. Yeah. They're going to see there was violence that day. Okay. Nobody, nobody's, uh, nobody's questioning that. There was violence. It was bad. It was terrible. And they need to be no, held to account. They need to be I held agree. to Yes. I want to know why. Was this man allowed to walk through? What? Who gave the order? Because these police officers did not make this decision on their own. Somebody told them to walk him through. Just let him have... And I want to know why. And Mitch McConnell and everyone of his ilk have been demanding that uh, these stories be retracted. And you know... Hmm, it's almost like it's almost like the, the, the meeting that they were about to have, where they were going to potentially send back the uh, uh, certification to the states with Mike Pence. It's almost like this was an intimidation attack or a tactic to get Pence out of the building because that's what he was about to be there for that moment. That was the moment that Pence was supposed to say, hey, let's look at these electors. Let's verify this and let's double check it. It was an intimidation tactic. It was an intimidation tactic and it worked. It worked. Don't know if Pence would have had the stones to actually, you know, say, hey, hey, let's 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 go back and, and check that. That day, Ted Cruz was about to put a put, put forth a proposition that we five find five, uh, either five or ten senators, congressmen, members and then circuit court judges to go to each state that was challenged and in question and go and look at the tally the votes and just certify the election so that everyone could be happy about it and that there was at least an investigation done. He was going to propose that on the 6th. You know what that uh, break into the Capitol instigated or stopped rather that meeting, those, those, those proceedings you want to know. I wonder who could have done that. It wouldn't have been Nancy Pelosi. It wouldn't have been Mitch McConnell. It wouldn't have been all these people who have something to gain by reestablishing the status quo. You don't believe Mitch McConnell's a problem. I mean, who's he married to? Elaine Chow. Who's Elaine Chow? She has ties. Her her family has ties to the upper level of the CCP. Yeah, she's a former member of the CCP, being a former minister of something or other in China. I don't remember. Fact check me, guys. But she literally is. I'm sorry. You don't. You don't 
marry an American senator or congressperson or end up in bed with them. If you're a former minister of something or other in the CCP. Swalwell. Yeah. Swalwell, however you say his last name. Eric Swallowed. Anyway, uh, sorry, just saying. <laughs> anyway, just a terrible, terrible yeah. guy. Terrible guy. But anyway, all that to awesome. say, it's it's on both sides. It's on both sides. And so that's exactly what happened. And we, we all... Those of us who were watching when it happened knew what was happening. Those of us now who can go back and say, hey, it's now in the mainstream. We actually see this video. We can see. And there's a lot more. If, if I could have, if I had 15 minutes, in a, if those accounts were still up, and I don't know if they are or aren't, maybe I can go back and see if I can find this. You can see the people, a lot of the people who are committing violence and filming themselves commit violence were BLM. Were Antifa, and the reason I know is because their history, their recent history, is they. And I would go. I found five or six people right then and there on J six and and on the seventh, because afterwards I was really curious. I started looking through, trying to find it, and uh, I said, "Oh my gosh, how could conservatives ever do this? How could Christians ever do this?" And I went through and I looked at the most violent people I could find. They were not Christians, nor were they conservatives by their own creed. So why is it important to have free speech? Just kind of to set the tone before I set it around the room, I'll, I'll, I'll start part of my, my sum up today, and I want to get y'all's opinions going around the room. Why is it important to have free speech? One of the most important things in this universe is your volition, your own volitional will, your free autonomy, your ability to speak and think freely. God himself has actually laid that out that is something that is critically important to god don't believe me why are some people going to hell and some people are going to heaven because god could have god could have done this this that or that he could have made us automatons that simply spoke whatever we wanted to whatever he wanted but he didn't so why is free speech important uh feel free to answer the question just in in closing around the room from your each from your respective chair I don't think you should be ever be afraid of uh, free speech. I think that if um, you have a concern, then you should be able to define your reason why you disagree. And I think if you have an opinion, I think you should make sure that you work at having an educated opinion. Melissa, it means like if you once you lose the freedom of speech, everything else crumbles, and you're gonna lose everything else. That's just step one. And we need to protect and preserve it as best as we can. Absolutely. You know, this guy, Mulvaney, um, thinks that saying things that are the truth should be illegal. That does not mean that I need to live in his delusion. You know, when people live in delusions, they used to stick them in psycho wards. Now they give them lots of medication and then they go around and shoot people because they're taking too much psycho medications because they live in some kind of delusion. This guy lives in a delusion and he expects everybody else to also. I don't have to live there. I live in reality and I talk about reality. I don't have to live in that. That's what gives me the right to have free speech and God gave that to me and nobody can take it away. Not the government, not him, not John Arthur, not Nikki, not Melissa, not Ryan over there. Nobody here in this place can take that from me. 
That's something that has been given to me by God along with my free will. The thing that Jordan Peterson said when asked, why is it so important to you? Why are you fighting this fight? Do you not want to use these person's pronouns in Canada when he got in trouble? The thing that made him famous is very similar to what you just said. He said, I am not willing to relinquish the linguistic territory to you in that you can define reality for me because I know what reality is. And that is the most important thing. Guys, if if Satan can cut you off from reality, mm-hmm. he can cut you off from your Savior. If he can cut you off from reality, he can cut you off from your Savior. And you are lost. Correct. That is what the powers and principalities of this world want for you. So free speech, being able to utter truth, if that is taken away, you have nothing left. That is why it is so critical to fight for it. With that said, if you like this episode, you know what to do. The button's down there. Uh, Rumble, hit the like button, whatever it all is. Rumble, we got uh, uh, more subscribers. We're now like 70-something subscribers. Thank you. Thank you, Rumble. Thank you for over 100. I think we are over 190,000 downloads as of the release of this episode. We're at 188 point something right now. So uh, two years, two years, almost 100 episodes. We're coming up on episode 100. Right? Oh, fantastic. Wow. That's good. So, yeah. by the grace of God, okay? And yeah. then uh, YouTube. You, Lord. You're still doing your thing, okay? I, hey, man, I also noticed that YouTube was wiping subscribers the other day. I saw that. We yeah. had a certain amount, and then all of a sudden it reduced, and then it went back up. Hmm. Kind of interesting. Kind of interesting. So, thank you, guys. Uh, with that said, we love you all so much. You have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Okay, okay, last thing. If you're still here, you are indeed asleep, or you are a super listener, or you have no life, or but I repeat myself. Thank you so much for listening so much to our podcast. If if you want to chime in on this question, go ahead and put it in the comment section down below. What is your favorite, what is your favorite call to silence free speech? So there's a lot of different people out there who've said, we need to have uh, a cessation of free speech. What is your favorite individual, whether in history or in modern, who has said the uh, favorite reason for saying that we need to we need to silence free speech? Anyone have a favorite reason? So it can be AOC telling Tucker, you know, or saying because Tucker's inciting violence. It could be Hitler for saying, "Hey, uh, it's for the you know, it's for the greater good." I think I have a reason for silencing free. speech. Your favorite one that they've given. But, um, you know, I would say one of the best people that I would say that, you know, wanted to silence free speech overall have been some of the most communistic people over in the uh, European countries, in Asian countries over there. You know, um, Mao Zedong, for one, who murdered millions of people. That's a good one. He gave Stalin a run for his money. Yeah, he did. That's a good one. You got a favorite dictator, modern or wannabe? Well, I said earlier was Hitler. I mean, he had an agenda, and he knew the way to accomplish his agenda was to get rid of the opposition, and so that's what he did. 
if you repeat a lie often enough, mm-hmm. right? And that's one of yeah. my favorite one of my favorite quotes for him from him. Not because I like him or like what he was saying, but I think it's very interesting. It's very enlightening. You got anything, Melissa? I kind of, I guess, like the current Chinese president is knowing just how many like ministries of something that he has, and it's all to silence and silence and silence and silence. If you kind of like peel back the layers. And so like they're yeah. how they've how he's built up his country into utter ruin is evil and fascinating. Absolutely. So I gotta yeah. say, uh just the funniest reasons lately, I I've gotta say, I thought it was I thought it was funny. McConnell was really funny that you know, we, you know, I don't appreciate it. Fox needs to retract it. That frankly, you know, uh, he's, he's disagreeing with the published narrative by the chief of police and the fact that he would put something out that disagrees with it. The reason I like that one so much is just some, somebody asked him to explain. <laughs> they did. Like, I did guess. Do you explain why the guy was walking around with the police behind him? Did, did they ask him that question? I guess because it was published, it must be true, right? It must be true, yeah. yeah. Well, 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 because it's published by the authorities. Trust the science. Trust the yeah. authorities. Trust the experts. Trust the police chief. It, you okay. know what's also interesting is is they get rid of Tucker before he's able to put up all of the video that yeah. went on. And so that, I think, is why Fox got rid of him. Unfortunately, he's under an NDA. He can't talk about it. But uh, McConnell, just it was the weakest, most limp-wristed, perfect, true McConnell fashion uh, attempt for him to um, cover up what was going on. man, they need to get ready. Turtle Man did a a good job being Turtle Man. Anyway, with that said, (laughs) put it down in the comment section below. Your favorite dictator, favorite call to silence free speech, whatever you got. With that said, we love you so much. Bye-bye. Bye.